was a good tackle. There's the tackle. Did he handball it? No. That's as clean a tackle as you can get for a free kick. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. A unique look into the eyes of sports betting from professional gamblers, sponsored by topsport.com.au, Australia's biggest betting bookie, and punningform.com.au. Mark Goodwill joins me again this week. How are you, big fella? Um, going okay. Thanks, Nico. We're uh, another uh, person down this week again. Person but, down. Uh, I'm here to help you out for the day, so I'm... Uh, I'm not saying we're going to be fresh, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah, we've got, we've got a little bit of a COVID crisis. Mark's still battling the Melbourne flu, the non-COVID Melbourne flu that's been taking nearly everyone I know by, yeah, well, it's just been taking them down left, right and centre. It's been hanging around with Mark for a, a couple of weeks. But uh, we've got um, Darcy Spinks going to uh, join us on Zoom chat from a, a little bit of a COVID message here. We'll get it up on uh, up on the screen. Darcy's just going to send in a little cheerio from a... Oh. No, she's not. She's uh, this is Darcy. This is this is Darcy from her trip in Byron, just sunning herself on the beach. She no was... wonder she, no wonder she hasn't returned. Hey, no why would you come hasn't... back? Jeez, I thought she was. She called in uh, yesterday and said she was sick. <laughs> she's absolutely jogging there. Well, I'm not sure about this. You can't be posting stuff and then uh, telling telling your boss you can't come in because you're ill. Yeah, not sure about that. So uh, Darcy's, I think she's got a negative COVID test at the moment, but um, there might be a close contact or some other COVID rubbish. So she's uh, taking a cautious approach and she's self-isolating. She's a bit like Dangerfield at the moment, out for three weeks. With a hammy. So, yeah, I'm not sure if she's back next week or not now. She's uh, Soft tissue. What do you do? Put in three or four weeks, take two off. Is that is that her contract? Well, I don't know, but it's uh, it's not a bad setup, that's for sure. It's a, it's a massive week of AFL. You just heard the opening clip there. That was from the Brisbane Lions massacre, the uh, the Cats. I, I couldn't believe what my eyes, Mark, I was... I was on a trip away with the missus down in Tasmania, and by the time we got home, I could I could settle in for the last half of football. It might have been three three quarters. I'm I'm not sure, but I've never seen a more biased set of umpiring decisions throughout the game. It was at least a half of football that it was completely what lopsided. They kept playing made up sort of free kicks, and what happened in the last sort of quarter was absolute shambles. We had a throw to Guthrie. Uh, and then which resulted in a Selwood goal, which was disgraceful. And then it was the cherry on top that you've just heard in the intro with the non-holding the ball paid. The last time I had a more biased umpiring was in my footy career. Well, I went up to Collie Ambley and played in the uh, the Riverina, just out of Narandra, and we got absolutely smashed by the umpires. And that was under 15s, but in the AFL, you expect better. But I think you went into the treasure trove of the AFL and you found a holding the ball decision a year a year ago that, that also crucified the Lions. Yeah, it was two years ago. Was it? Um, yeah, exactly the same decision. It was crazy. Um, top of the square, game was on the line. <laughs> Brisbane made the tackle. Geelong dropped the ball and no decision made. So uh, it's repeated itself two years. So I don't think Brisbane will be putting up their hand for the fixture to go down to the Cattery anytime soon because uh, they just can't uh, They can't get the rubber of the green. Uh, we watched a replay yesterday. It just gets worse. Um, you know, when you're not watching it live and you mm. can re- more relaxed yesterday, um, watching the replay, it's just, you know, it's... They're howlers, they're unacceptable, um, and even the uh, diehard of Geelong supporters even Put admitted that, uh, yeah, I heard a few at the ground just said they can't believe that wasn't wasn't paid. Mm. So when you've got the opposition supporters um, putting up their hand and saying the umpires, you know, were uh, a bit one-sided, we'll say, um, but it's just got massive ramifications for, um, you know, teams going forward. And, you know, we always say what happens in finals if this was to happen, you know, say in a prelim. Mm. If that game was replayed as a prelim or even a grand final, how would how would you uh, feel then? No, it's nearly be riots. You didn't, there'd be nearly brawls in the crowd. I would have thought. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's a bit like what we said last week. Uh, you know, the the AFL making it too hard for the umpires, and maybe they just need to be able to really bring it back to concentrate on just the basic decisions and dropping the ball is uh, one of the original rules. It's what makes the game great: the art of tackling and the players not being able to get away. And uh, just because it's in the goal square and the game's on the line, mm. shouldn't alter the umpire being... Well, they love making, like, giving away free kicks. They give them away like it's confetti yeah. at the moment. Yeah, maybe drop off some of the ruck free kicks that neither ruckman, uh, no, none of the crowd. Mm. Just pay the basic ones. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And no, neither of us bet in the match. So we had nothing. Um, we're not talking through our kick or anything like that. It was blatant. I think it wasn't just the last quarter. Um, my frustration was throughout the whole game. And well, you, you sort of warn people pre-match, it's very hard to bet against Geelong if you like the opposition team. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons. They do get the rub of the green. And then uh, I, I tweeted something out on Friday night saying it was the biggest rob in AFL, VFL history. A lot of people mentioned you know the Wayne Harms incident and brought up a couple of other classic matches that I'd sort of forgotten about. But Kangaroo supporters, Demon supporters, heaps of supporters chimed in and said it's been happening for, for years and years down at the Cattery. Yeah. Oh, that's why they've got one of the best home ground records. Not just because the umpires have played well down there, but mm. um, it's very hard to beat you along by yourself down there when you've got the umpires maybe not giving you uh, equal rights. makes it a bit tougher. Mm. And in better news, let's talk uh, about the positives. It was good to see uh, Lance Franklin back, the big bud. He's a new father, but uh, he, he looked dangerous, and the Swans look like a brand-new team. You've got Isaac Heaney absolutely humming. You've got the kids up and about, and, and Buddy's getting a few scoring shots there. What did you think of the champs' return? Oh, it was good. Uh, the crowd gets a, gets around him. They did it well, Sydney. They uh, you know, kept him for the home game, uh, make sure the crowd gets in to see Bud. Uh, just played his role. They kind of fed him a little bit. Um, you know, If you watch a game in its entirety, he didn't uh, have a great game and they looked for him, so to get his confidence up as well. But um, it's good because he doesn't need to be the, uh, the only man to goal anymore. They've got a pretty dangerous forward line. Um, but... You know, it'd be interesting this week. They've got the major test. Richmond, they'll, they'll find exactly where they are this week. Mm, it's going to be fascinating viewing. And big Tex Walker, kick six. What's he What's he done in the off-season? He, he needs to be swabbed. Your man Tex, you were, uh, <laughs> you were up and about on him last week, kicking five, and uh, you couldn't believe, uh, we couldn't believe that he was into $21 for the uh, the Coleman. Now he puts six on uh, on top of that in a losing side away from home uh, with four tackles. For dropping the ball, which is unbelievable for a big forward, because uh, I reckon tax, Texas had uh, one holding the ball decision paid for him about the last five years. But now he leads the Coleman by three, I think it is, and uh, he's into nine dollars. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if you're going to chime in at the nine dollars, get sucked into big Tex. <laughs> I think I'll be uh, keeping my powder dry. That's for sure. One of the match of the rounds was the Western Bulldogs versus West Coast. I thought I'm a big Western Bulldogs <coughs> fan. I have been for the last couple of years, but I thought they weren't firing on the weekend and they found a way to win and that's a sign that you know a side's going to be there in the finals and I thought the West Coast Eagles boys up forward they had a lot of tall timber credit to you Oscar Allen I sort of gave him half a neg being the sort of the third man but I thought he played a really good game and he is a presence and they're going to be a very good side or a bit better than I sort of thought but it was the highlight of that game for me was right at the finish and I've been up up and up in arms about players not taking enough set shots inside 50. Bond, the absolute superstar that he is, I love that he just took the mark, cool, calm and collected. Most players would chip over the top or play on or do something, you know, kick around the corner or something, you know, foolish like that. But he's just the ultra-professional footballer and he's a pure footballer. He's just sucked up the clock, 30 seconds, he's gone back, cool, calm and collected, taken it upon himself and he's and he's kicked the sealer. It was great to watch and he's just absolutely flying, isn't he? Yeah, that game was, um, that's what... I- AFL rules should be, and that's what the crowds want to go and see nearly every week. Mm. Um, it was definitely the highlight of the season so far. The crowd was really loud, um, and some of the vision at the end when Bont kicked it and then the siren not so long after um, shows that the Bulldogs are uh, heading in the right direction. Um, you know, Bont, Bont showed his maturity, you're right, because he got the ball in open space and he did have a man on the inside. And if you, you know, when you watch a replay, he took half a step to Almost his instinct was to play on inside, mm. but being the captain, he went back, sucked the clock up, as you said, and uh, put it straight through the middle and make sure of the win. So, yeah, that was, uh, you know, you can mark that down for three votes for the Brownlow, which uh, anyone who's backed the Bont, you know, off to a solid start, I would have thought. They were a bit worried that he wouldn't stand out with such <laughs> a hot midfield, but if you watch that replay back, he's just uh, if he starts kicking two or three goals a week, mm. putting 25 to 30 on the board, there's not, you know, McRae's had 41 touches, I think, in the match. Uh, he'll have to settle for the two come Brownlow night. And uh, it was a pretty tough week for the bookies, wasn't it? Seven of nine favourites won. How did you find the week? Yeah, I think um, seven of nine favourites did win. There was a few close pick'em games, obviously, that just went the rub of the green for the uh, favourites because there was only four line covers. So I, I don't think the week was as bad for the bookies. Um, you know, there was a few... Um, you know, it would have been interesting, something like the Hawthorne line kept it under Richmond. 
Um, there was a lot of money for Richmond. Um, but also interesting, small sample size is we've only only had four over totals for the week. So everyone come in pre-season saying the new rules mm. would just explode the scoring. Um, and at this stage, is only um, 10 of 18 over the two rounds have gone over. So the scoring hasn't really uh, you increased. Know, increased that much. Yeah. And I think that's been counted mostly by the inaccuracy still, which continued mm. this week. We had some shocking games with, we'll discuss later, with um, you know poor kicking just continues in this game. Mm. The AFL PR machine is just in full force on Fox Footy. Jonathan Brown made a comment on uh, after the, on the couch or whatever the show is and said, oh, you know, the game's in great 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 space and then I think there was another fluff piece about oh the man who saved the game Steve Hocking like please he's only fixing his, his mistakes like and again as you say it's not as high scoring as people think and there's still a lot wrong and I guess that leads us into the sting and the tail you've already touched upon the umpires so we'll stop talking about them but the over umpiring of the game and how hard that the AFL's made that is absolutely ridiculous and then I guess the next you know be in your bonnet is the goal kicking it's still way, way below par. And Brisbane Lions almost kicked themselves out of the match early. I think they were, what, 2-9 or 2-7, and then they flipped it in the second half and like was 7-2 or something like that. So a lot of the teams defensively push players to the pockets and make life harder. But it, it's just embarrassing, isn't it, the current state of goal kicking. It just continues, and it's going to continue to cost sides matches. Yeah, I mean, um, you talk about the Brisbane game afterwards, and obviously everything centred around the, uh, the the two free kicks. The mm. Guffrey one, when he handed it to Selwood, got the throw in the in the uh, in the goal square, and then obviously the howler at the end. Um, you know, definitely cost Brisbane the game. But as you said, in the first uh, half or two and a half quarters, Brisbane were at two nine at one stage, and uh, were twenty points down. They should have been at least around the even mark, maybe even in front. So Brisbane can also blame themselves. Um, you know, and this is not the first time. They've done this as a team. Uh, last year, they cost themselves some games. I think one one game last year, Neil and McCluggage kicked one eleven between them, uh, which is you know extraordinary stats. Mm. Um, so, you know, while Brisbane were duped by the umpires a bit, their poor kicking also cost them that match. Um, and what about the um, the Freeman or GWS? Eighteen goals, thirty five in near perfect conditions. It's <laughs> it's it's absolutely laughable. Look. Yeah, it was a horrendous uh, game to watch live and then to watch the replay. Um, oh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. Does. Unwatchable. I couldn't even watch. The KO minis are great. 20 minutes you can get the replays and the highlights of the game, but some of them are unwatchable still. And that, I yeah. thought, obviously, GWS is a big bet of yours, but it was it was an easy watch because yeah, it, was seen, de- it was dead in the water very, very quickly. haven't seen too many people fast forward through the minis, but uh, you did it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the GWS Freo game, obviously uh, we tipped them up big last week and they uh, didn't show up. Um, and the kicking from both teams was just crazy. Um, you know, no wind pretty much in a perfect condition in Perth and both teams to kick that poorly. And let's not call it a high-pressure game either. Um, you know, GWS were like witches hats for large parts of the game. They don't chase. They don't move back defensively. So, um, you know, Freo on their part should have kicked a lot more goals as well. Um and the other, we had a few more teams as well. Adelaide, um, I know they lost by about 30 points, mm. kicked 11 goals, 22 again. SCG, sunny day, bright conditions. Mm. Um, not a big ground either. Not a big ground, so not deep pockets at the SCG. Kick 11, 22 and lose by five goals. Um, you know, they should have been at least in the game, I would have thought. Mm. Um, and the other one that probably doesn't get highlighted that has got a pretty ordinary history as well is Melbourne, even though they won the game against St Kilda. Uh, 12-19, uh, it's a long way behind the even count. So over over this year, they're only kicking at 50%. I know we're only two rounds in, but there's not too many sports, again, that would come back with statistics and saying, you know, kicking at 50% or, you know, making 50% of your parts or whatever, you, what sport you're in is acceptable at professional level. Mm. So um, we'll see how they go in weeks to come. I don't know, I, I did give a tick uh, to a guy I called out last week, it's Harry Mackay. Um, I was impressed with his goal kicking this year. He had a couple of um, close set shots in, and he was able just to put it over the umpire's hat. So maybe um, someone from Carlton in the coaching has got around Harry McKay and just said, "Let's let's not be kicking the ball sixty when you're fifteen meters out, Harry. Just just Don't chip it in." It. And he kicked four straight. So 
Maybe a few other players might want to uh, watch the difference between Harry Mackay week one to two <laughs> and just maybe transfer it to their own game. We'll see. Fair call. What we did get out of the uh, the replay from Fremantle GWS was the Reed hit on Fife. And I don't think Fife, he braced himself properly for the hit. And everything in this super slow-mo looks worse than it actually is. But I didn't think Reed had any other opportunity than to protect himself late. They're both going for the ball. It's in the last one second where he puts his shoulder up to protect himself and then because five gets knocked out it's what is it three weeks yeah he got two or two um weeks. yeah we probably should have got three danger gets three the week before the afl again just highlighting a bit of inconsistency i think three should have been the uh you know if, they, if they're going to make a statement they keep talking about it they mm. keep putting out press releases it happens two weeks in a row <clears throat> why does dangerfield get three weeks week one and then are they softening the approach already you know, I mean, Fife gets knocked out. He misses, obviously, next week with a concussion rule. Yet, Reed only gets three. So he's either guilty and they're going to be consistent, mm. and he should have got three. Personally, we both agree that, listen, great hit. I mean, there wasn't even a free kick bait mm. in the game. I, so, just, I, did, I thought it was just one player trying to protect himself against the other player, and there was, you know, some incidental contact because of that. He wasn't trying to snipe him. There was, there was another hit that looked very intentional on Toby Green. and Same game. To- yeah, Toby Green, maybe because he's the villain, he ba- and he bounced out of it. That was malicious, that attack on Toby Green. Yeah, he wasn't even looking at the ball. Wasn't even looking at the ball and swept under the carpet. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No logical sense. Yeah. But then if he collect, if Toby doesn't wake up, he might he might get five weeks. So as a player, I don't know what I'm gonna, meant to be doing. Yeah. Am I meant to be protecting myself if I'm going to pull the ball, put my shoulder up, or I don't snipe? And I tell you what, speaking of snipers, David King was one of the biggest snipers in the game, and he is absolutely the PR machine for the AFL. It's it's unwatchable that first chat podcast. We turned it on the other day, and to hear someone like Kingy come out. And bitch and moan about these um, these big hits. Like, mate, you're one of the biggest dogs in the game. Jeez, all right. Well, it's true. Not a North fan. Nah, well, true. I mean, you know, his highlight reel, if you want to plot it up, um, let's not pretend he goes to church on Sundays because, you know, he, he, he delivered some great hits. What he will argue that the 90s was uh, a different year and stuff like that, which to a degree it was. Um, but, you know, I just think, I mean, he's getting paid by the AFL. You know, he's obviously on Fox, so he's not going to come out and say too much against that. They never do these guys. Um, but, you know, we will. I don't think that um, Reed should have got suspended. It was in the field of play. Yeah. They both had their eyes on the ball, and actually Reed crossed the Frio player to get there. Uh, this nonsense that he left the ground and stuff like that. You know, at least Joey Montagna on the same show had a, yeah. had a really good explanation, and he beat King hands down in that that argument because when you go to get hit or you're bracing you do lean into it 100% he said unfortunately he just got five cherry and, mm. and five wasn't braced. just in that moment didn't expect mm. that contact and and you know him hitting the ground I think might actually done more damage than the actual hit and for the player now every time you do a tackle mm. and, and you well, the game's to getting sling. faster too and they're seeing it in NRL the faster <laughs> you make the game the smaller hits become Worse, it magnifies the problem. And in the NRL, that game's getting faster, and all of a sudden you're seeing a spate of knee injuries because all of a the, the game moves faster and the body can't cope. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any uh, advantage, and I don't know why the, the media play their role in this. You know, there's no point having slow motion for these incidents because it doesn't. The game's not in slow motion, so why do they keep showing these? It's mm. like the five one looks terrible in slow motion, but it looks normal at normal spe- normal speed. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I understand the concussion rule and I understand what they're trying to do. But if you're playing AFL, unfortunately, these incidents, I just don't think you need to have these players off, off the green. That's all. Now, the other thing that, uh, the, just to wrap up there, the sting in the tail, it's starting to become my my favourite segment. Nice little rant to get us fired up for the uh, for the for the rest of the show. But there was. There was something that got your goat up, and that was in the St Kilda Melbourne game, where Gary Lyon and and Plugger Lockett and Stewie Lowe were up there, and they were doing their thing about you know come out and speak about all your problems and all this sort of stuff, and they had the big circle, which is fantastic, great to get more awareness. But um, you thought it was a poor choice to have Gary Lyon speaking about mateship. Yeah, you know, like it. Um, yeah, the Spuds game, a great initiative by St Kilda for sure. Um, and a little birdie, we love getting around a charity. We do a lot of work for different charities throughout our season. 
Um, so rather not speak about the game in terms of what they do for Spud, but you know, for the first year that you have that up, I can't cop Gary Lyon uh, with his recent pass, we'll call it, getting up there on national television with a bunch of blokes standing around him when you got Plugger and Lone next to him talking about mateship. It just didn't sit well with me. Um, you know, we watched the replay of it yesterday and, you know, it just doesn't look any better when you walk it a second time around. I can't cop. I'll, I don't mind Gary Lyon as a person necessarily or what, you know, he's commentating for footy, but when he starts talking about mateship and look after your mates, protect your mates, all that kind of stuff, I just don't think that sits well with the, with the general audience. And I think it was a poor choice by either the AFL or the football clubs. Um, let's try to out plug her or low for that. Leave mm. Gary Lyon out of that one. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, I think you're on the money there too. I don't know. I don't think that Gary Lyon is the uh, the doin or the pinup boy for mateship at all. Now the today's show that's the end of the sting of the tail. But uh, can't wait for next week already. It's a nice little ranting segment that uh, we love. Now today's show we've got uh, a little bit of a review of AFL round two, round three, the week ahead. We'll go through the big blockbuster matches. We've got the Hall of Fame. We've got Top Rope Tedeschi round four. He had a nightmare in round three. Self admitted he'd rather be in Fritzl's basement than uh, than go through the weekend on the punt in the NRL that he did last week. And he's in the firing line, top rope Tedeschi. His lock of the week has gone down for two weeks in a row. So I think it's three strikes and he's out. So it's Mark versus top rope Tedeschi in a knockout competition. If he gets the three strikes, I'm going to push him aside and I'm going to take over lock of the week for charity. We're doing that for raise.org.au. We're going to take a quick break. But if you're betting this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They are Australian. His biggest betting bookmaker and in the last hour of betting they also offer two dollar lines make sure you give them a go the merlihan family are keen for your business they are the fairest bookmaker in australia we'll take a break and we'll go through round two and we'll look at round three welcome back to little birdie podcast i'm your host scoot with mg the kid and darcy spinks who is in covid lockdown it's time to talk AFL round two, and let's uh, open up with the traditional rival clash, Carlton versus Collingwood. We're on the wrong side of this one. We thought uh, Carlton would deliver a much better for performance, MG. What were your thoughts uh, following the game? Yeah, um, got the betting part right. Carlton did start slight favourites in the game. Unfortunately, um, Collingwood just did a complete 180 from the round one before. Didn't see it coming. Um, the difference with... Uh, Side bottom might have made a big difference to Collingwood. Mm. Uh, again, Carlton's leaky defence, um, you know, and I think uh, Collingwood one of the biggest winners from round two. It was a big, big game for him to win. Uh, we've got Brisbane this week. Um, I just think Carlton are a team that are just limited. They try hard, you know, they really do put in, um, but they're just that, you know, probably around that eighth to twelfth side that just something missing. Got too many injuries and just unless they've got the best best team on the park. You know, they just struggle against the top sides or the better sides. Mm, fascinating litmus test for Collingwood this week against Brisbane at Marvel Stadium. The game moved due to COVID. Now, Geelong-Brisbane, we've spoken a little bit about the game. I thought Brisbane were probably the better side on the night. They probably should have won by about three or four goals. I think Geelong aren't travelling very well at all, and I'd be pretty happy to take them on in the finals for the top four Pretty any which way, I think Geelong are, are probably over bet at this stage, and they're probably not going as good as I thought they were. I know they've got Dangerfield and Cameron missing from last Friday night's game, but there's a big asterisk around Geelong at the moment for me. They're just not convincing. Yeah, well, obviously they lost round one. Uh, probably should have lost round two, all things being equal. Mm. Um, and, you know, they are missing Dangerfield. Uh, this week they look like getting back two key players, Duncan and Menengola, so they're also out of the... So, so they're probably missing a bit of top-end talent. But, um, yeah, they just... I mean, they got the W there one and one but uh, I think they start the year at 5.50 for the Premiership. They're still 5.50, so if you were going to take them two weeks ago, you're certainly not diving in this week. Mm. Sydney and Adelaide we've already touched upon, so we'll skip that one. Port versus Essendon. It's very bleak at Bomberland. I know you've got some uh, family that are very heavily invested in the uh, Essendon Football Club, but it's it's a funny one. I think Essendon are, uh, are struggling, but then Port may be flattered by a really soft draw at this stage. The jury's probably out for them as well. 
Yeah, unfair fight. Uh, we thought that going in, the line moved a long way to port. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the bookies couldn't get it probably high enough. Uh, closed 33 and they won by 54. Did it pretty much on the bit. Essen ended up with uh, three key injuries, which they all look like they're going to miss at least six weeks or more. So, uh, yeah, the forecast, Essendon's not, not bright going forward. But, um, yeah, I don't want to be too negative on Essendon because uh, I've got to sleep at home. Now, St Kilda versus Melbourne, the Saints, that was a great win on the road at GWS, which that form may be a bit of a bit of query now, given how poor GWS were. But then the Ds, it's another lacklustre game, the Ds, but they've, they've scraped together a couple of wins. Yeah, they're 2-0, but a bit like Geelong. They're probably not convincing at the moment, but you know you don't have to be firing on all cylinders at, uh, at the start of the year. We understand that. Um, they've got the two Ws, which is most important, but... Uh, yeah, um, you know, St Kilda just butchered the ball. Their skills are terrible. Um, highlighted by uh, Bradley Hill turning the ball over at least ten times on the on on the game. Uh, it's normally a good kick. I don't think it was a high pressure game, so there wasn't too many excuses in the dome as well. So weather's not a, a factor there as well. So I think um, yeah, the form around both the Giants and St Kilda from round one on to round two, um, I wouldn't be following either side right now. It's a big, big problem for kangaroos at the moment. From a betting perspective, it's almost free money. You just back the minus against the kangas and just watch them crumble. They are absolutely in all sorts. Their brand sort of falling apart. I was sort of I was in the shower this morning thinking that maybe they missed their window of relevance, and they probably should have gone to the Gold Coast. And it was a comment probably that you know I was triggered from you yesterday. You basically said that they are relevant. Yeah, uh... the kangas. I, I they're do, a nothing club. I, do, <laughs> I never said they're a nothing club. Um, I do have a few kangaroos, diehard supporters <laughs> that have mates of mine, and uh, they're always uh, robust in their conversations that they're, you know, not far away. They're a battling club, you know, this and that. But, you know, when you strip it all back, um, they've been belted the first two weeks. Uh, and they, you know, they're, they're, as, they're as low right now as I think what... In the history. What, what the Giants, well, I don't know about the North history, but definitely, you know, dating back to when Gold Coast and Giants come in there, that uncompetitive. Mm. Um, and, you know, they face the Bulldogs this week. So the bookies have gone out fairly strong at 40 for the line they opened. I think it's already 42, maybe even 43. Um, I'm not sure they're going to get this line high enough as well. Um, you know, if the Bulldogs really want to put a percentage booster on... This North, is it, run North this might, up. North might cop three, yeah, because their um, they're side's lacking lacking any kind of class across the ground. Hawthorne, Richmond, is a Hawthorne supporter, I was buoyed by passages throughout the game. I think uh, Giath is a star in the making, but, we, again, we just don't have the firepower up forward. What did, Were Richmond just playing with Hawthorne? Yep. Yep. I think uh, <laughs> I think Richmond are good enough, honestly. I think Hardwick's like a good horse trainer. He's just going to he's gonna circle the fixtures where, you know, Richmond will just get into a gear, get the job done. We've seen that, I think, against Carlton round one, Hawthorne round two. Um, and I really think they'll just do it again. So I know Sydney 2-0, but Richmond, they'll just cruise through next week as well. They've had a pretty soft start to the year. Um, you're right on Hawthorne, at least you're honest with them. Uh, they just won't beat many top eight sides this year. Thanks, mate. <coughs> the, uh, the last couple of uh, matches we've sort of spoken about already, Western Bulldogs, West Coast, it was, it was sensational. I think West Coast are, are going better than most people think. I know you tipped them up as uh, an overseason win, win, win bet, so you're yeah. not surprised by their form. They get Port Adelaide this week, and then Fremantle, GWS, we've spoken about that game. What about Fremantle? Is there a, a ray of hope there for Fremantle, or are GWS just that bad? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Fremantle... I'm not convinced they're going to... They're definitely not going to play finals this year, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, they play an exciting brand. I don't mind the brand they're trying to play. I'm just not sure they've got cattle. So I think Frio will be competitive and win a lot of games for, again, teams outside the eight. But I'm not sure Frio have got the, uh, the, the people on the ground to beat a lot of top eight sides this year. So I, I, they might improve, and I like the way they play. Um, they've got some good kids coming up, but, you know, I can't see them playing finals this year. Time to look forward now, and it's AFL Round 3 action. If you want Mark to hold your hand through the AFL betting season, you can get his Stings package. I think you can get the next four rounds for $55, or you can sign up for the whole year for 400 and get all his units and all his staking plans and a massive, massive 
uh, comprehensive week-to-week preview of the AFL. It includes so many betting types and so many options, and then you get his condensed set that mainly hovers around the line and the totals action, which is dynamite. Mark is an ex-bookmaker. He's worked for IES, Pinnacle, and Crown Bet or Bet Easy, so he knows what he's doing. He used to set the markets, and now he's beating the markets, and he's helping you do that too. Let's have a look at the first match Thursday night. Absolute corker. The odds are up on the screen now. Collingwood versus Brisbane Lions. 180 Magpies, $2.02. Brisbane Lions, and the line, 2.5. The totals, 172.5. Marvel Stadium Thursday, COVID crisis. Mark Goodwill, thoughts here, please. Yeah, well, um, you know, the opening line, obviously the, the venue changed, so Brisbane were going to be probably about 10 or 12-point favourite up in Brisbane, but uh, since the game's been switched, Collingwood opened and is currently 2.5 favourite, which is uh, very surprising to a few. Um, I I think Brisbane should be slight favourites in this game, maybe only one or two points, but, um, you know, I couldn't be diving into Collingwood at minus 2.5. Um, should be a very good betting game, obviously short turnaround for a few, um, and I think there'll be a big crowd at the Dome, so hopefully they can put a West Coast like Bulldogs from last week, that kind of game on. Um, so if if I was betting this game, I'd be looking to take Brisbane plus two and a half, uh, maybe even invest in Brisbane one to 39 at the 245, 250, and I also shade the overs in this game as well. I think uh, the bookies have put up 172 early, I just think there might be... Uh, you know, Brisbane, if they kick straight, this game might might travel um, overs for me. Mm. I'm definitely uh, in the camp of the Brisbane Lions. This is my lock of the week or, or better of the week. I thought the Lions were fantastic uh, down at the Cattery. Uh, umpires aside, I think they should have won the goal the game by about three or four goals. If they had a kick straight, they probably should have deserved to win by about six goals. I think they'll have too many scoring options, and I just love the way Joe Danaher squares them up. He was pivotal to get them back into the match late in the Geelong game. He just squares them up, and they can just rotate Hipwood deep and then Joe deep, and they've just always got options. I think Joe clunked three or four marks in the last quarter or last quarter and a half to really drive them forward, and it just opens them up. Charlie Cameron's in pretty good form. He nearly took mark of the year, and I I can't believe the the betting here. I would have had... Brisbane at least six point favourites here at a minimum, and I don't think any of this COVID stuff. These guys, everyone's used to these COVID interruptions, and I think Brisbane have have got more cattle in the park, and I think they'll probably enjoy the week away. Yeah, it is a big game for Brisbane. Um, obviously, going down zero and three, everybody's been throwing stats out this this uh, week. That obviously, it's you know they they throw it every year. Whoever goes down zero and two, that only one team in the last three decades or whatever it has ever made the uh, the finals. And I think that was Sydney. So the pressure's on Brisbane, um, being away from home. The disruption, you know, may have an effect, may not. You don't know. And then after the game, they either use it as an excuse or they say, you know, we were professional and got the job done. Just on pure numbers, I think Brisbane will have to start slight favourite in this game. Um, and, you know, time will tell. But, yeah, I'm, cert- I'm certainly happy to take on the Brisbane side here. I think they're a better side as well. And if they'd beaten Geelong last week... Then what price do they start? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's definitely uh, better the round for me. The North Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs. It's good to see a couple of matches on Good Friday. It's one of the uh, most boring days, and we've only got what the Ascot uh, race race card, and I think Singapore races have even dropped off. So it's going to be a like, great day to just put the remote on at about four o'clock and watch these watch these games. I think uh, the way to play the the Bulldogs Kangas game would be the minus there, forty two and a half, as you said, you've already pushed them the minus there. But the yeah. other game of interest here, it's a cracker. It's Friday, Adelaide Oval at uh, about eight o'clock. We've got Adelaide Crows two dollars, the Gold Coast Suns are slight favourite here, one eighty and the Lions two and a half. What's your thoughts here? Mark, it's already been a, a big move this one. Yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have marked this down as a cracker at the start of the season. Adelaide Gold Coast <laughs> in uh, in Adelaide, um, but uh, you know it's they've both got off to okay starts. Um, but you know I, I couldn't believe the bookies put up uh, minus seven and a half Gold Coast on the Monday. Mm. Um, you know uh, people who do their own numbers. Um, you know off off. The people I've spoken to, and uh, even yourself, and that's why we had to release it early for the stings at the plus seven and a half. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't wait, wait. Couldn't wait around. A um, few people I spoke to also had Adelaide slight favourites. Thought it pick it worse. Adelaide at home. Um, again, if they kick straight against Sydney, they might not have won the game, but the margin would have been a lot closer. So, 
Um, I expect a decent showing by Adelaide. Um, and Gold Coast got a few injuries as well, away from home. Um, I'm happy to be with Adelaide. Mm, especially off the, the the last last start there, I tend to agree, and the home ground advantage is a big one. Let's look at the uh, another fascinating match and the real big test for the Swans. We've got Saturday afternoon at one uh, forty-five at the MCG. Richmond Tigers one twenty-nine, Sydney Swans three sixty. The line twenty-four and a half points. All the hype is going to be uh, it's going to be made real or made to be look pretty silly about the Swans. What are your thoughts? I know you're big on the Tigers and think they're the real deal. What's going to happen here or how are you betting here, more importantly? Yeah, I'm not telling anyone they don't know about Richmond being the real deal. Um, yeah, well, early markets, uh, you know, they come out 21.5, the bookies, which I didn't think was an unfair line, but we've already seen markets go to 24.5, and, and it's probably a bit of the query of uh, Buddy Franklin maybe not playing. I'd be disappointed if, uh, if they put Buddy in for one week and then rest him when he got through the game. Uh, you know, maybe they think... I think it shows signs that maybe Sydney don't believe that they can beat Richmond mm. and they don't want to risk Bud or maybe injuries and stuff like that. So they're going not with a second-rate yeah, team no. by any chance. But Wide it, flag job already. It's sent, it, I don't like when teams do this. It sends a message and it just filters through the rest of the team whether they believe that or they tell people in-house. Mm. But I'm sorry, if you don't rock up, play Richmond at the MCG and you leave Buddy back in Sydney then that's sending the, the message to the rest of the players that we don't believe we can beat Richmond. So that combined, I just think Richmond are a better team anyway. But it would have been a good test for Sydney with Buddy on mm-hmm. the MCG just to see how much improvement. Their young kids would have you know, given a good show, and they still will, but going up against Richmond at the G is not an easy task. You need Bud there. Mm. Are you betting? Uh I'm probably not. I think it's I think it's kind of in the right slot, but I think if you like Richmond, I don't think you're going to get a better line as the week goes on. Mm. Um, if you like Sydney, I would uh, I'd play definitely look to play the one to twenty four option. If you want to be brave, around the five bucks might get out to five fifty by post time. Um, but if you like Richmond, I'd be getting on early. Mm. One way traffic there. The uh, the last blockbuster. It's probably match of the round is Saturday night, 8 o'clock at Optus Stadium. The West Coast Eagles, $1.90. Port Adelaide Power, $1.90. Interesting market here. Very interesting. Yeah, West Coast, when was the last time West Coast were $1.90 at home against a side like Port Adelaide? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, it would be a while ago. I'm not sure databases might go back that far, actually, because um, West Coast have got one of the dominant, most dominant records at home. They're very hard to beat. And while Port are obviously tipped to be, you know, top two, definitely top four side, they're very strong in the betting. Um, they've played two ordinary sides this year, so this will be the first test for them. Um, West Coast are coming off a Hart and Bulldogs game, which I like, um, off the dome, and they'll be ready for Port, and West Coast will start favourite this game. Not by much, but they won't start outsiders. You won't see black figures come post on for mine. So if you like West Coast, I'd be betting... Uh, I'd be betting West Coast, but I think this is a game where you could definitely take the 1-39 to 39 West Coast around the 250 mark for mine. I think that's a way to play this game because, um, you know, I think both sides will play a pretty good contest. Hopefully it's like West Coast Bulldogs last week. Should be a real cracker Saturday night. Um, be good to watch. Mm, I'm going to stay out of that one. It looks too tricky. My best of the week is definitely Brisbane Lions to beat Collingwood. If you want uh, the rest of Mark's thoughts, make sure you check out the shop, littlebirdiepod.com backslash shop and check out AFL Stings. It's very good value, $55 for the round three up to six, or you can just get $400 for the whole season, which is even better value still. Now, let's have a look at our new segment called Buy, Hold and Sell. We'll uh, we'll put the futures markets up. We might put up the premiership betting. Who are you buying this week in the AFL premiership market? Yeah, so right now, next week, the way if you're betting futures, um, obviously you've got to have the long term, you know, who you can think will win over the year. But if I'm investing, haven't had a ticket in yet, I'm just looking for the next block of rounds to see where I can get the value. Uh, this week I'm buying the Bulldogs at $10. Um, their draw over the next four weeks. I've got a practice match this week against Kangaroos. <laughs> um, Brisbane will be tough, but... Um, Gold Coast and Giants afterwards, I think they're a chance to be 6-0, and 5-1 and one at worst. So I think the Bulldogs at $10 represent good value, and if you uh, saw last week's game, you'll be uh, buoyed by it. So I think they're value. Mm. 
We were all over Western Bulldogs early in the season. I think they've only shortened from $13 to $10, which still for me, the price has held up. So I think now definitely is the time to back them if you haven't. Uh, you've mentioned before that you're holding on Richmond at the 460. They do. They look like they've they've come back in a really good headspace. And then your sells this week are St Kilda at the $15, Sydney at $21, and Melbourne at $21. They, I agree. I, th- I think they're all really rock-bottom mods there, and I don't think they've got uh, the depth there. To, to challenge and then again if Sydney get turned over by Richmond which is the likely most probable outcome uh, their odds are going to yeah. balloon too so now is probably not the right time to back the Swans let's have a look at the the Brownlow metal market up on the screen now who are you buying here you're early uh, committed with the Bont as well it's a very Western Bulldogs thing might have to bring the scarf in um, yeah well, he's good to watch the Bont so um, as, as we said earlier, I think he's got a pretty solid uh, three-voter in round two, so you'll be able to write that down. I just think at the $9, um, you know, he's uh, he's still good value. Mm. Um, I know Dusty's come out and maybe gone back-to-back to, back to threes, um, but the Bulldogs are a potential top-four side, and it doesn't matter how good their midfield is, the Bont just stands out in it. He's the equivalent of Martin to Richmond, mm. and if he's going to take them anywhere near winning the Premiership, then... Uh, Barring injury or suspension, the bond will be high up in the in the count. I also think Neil at twelve dollars. They're drifting this guy. He's got short ter- short memories. Uh, memories. The bookies um, one with a leg in the ear last year. But Geelong made a real conscious effort to tag him out of the game, um, but he won't be tagged this week against Collingwood. And uh, if Brisbane are going to be winning, then now might be the time to take the twelve dollars Neil. Mm, Petrarca a hold nine in into thirteen dollars. Yeah, played a solid game. I think. Uh, Oliver will just shade him for the three uh, for this week. Petrarca will get the two. Um, again, if Melbourne are going to play finals, um, there's only three blokes that probably pile in the Melbourne side with Gorn and Oliver. Um, mm. Petrarca's he's a pretty good investment. So I think he'll give you a good sight. So if you miss the 19, um, you know, I, I think 13's probably a bit unders, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely holding my ticket. Mm, some very shrewd sells last week. You sold Nat Five, bang, he gets knocked down, and then your other one, <laughs> and then your other one, uh, P Cripps. He just looks to be uh, not quite himself at the moment, so he's been ten out to twenty-one. So to repeat, there the buys are Lockie Neal and Bontempelli. Both seem overpriced or underrated by the market, so they're over the odds at the moment. And Petrarca is still a hold in a pretty weak demon side. Now the big sells sells of the week, Tex Walker. Uh, yeah. What's happening? Well, well I sold him last week at 21 <laughs> after his first up performance. He's backed it up with another six. Now leads the Coleman. <laughs> Can't uh, get him all right. Lucky it's not a market I bet in. Um, I've got it wrong so far, but he's into $8 now. Crazy. Um, which is crazy because there was a few big forwards starting to stand up, kicked a few bags of three and four, Hawkins, uh, Lynch, Kennedy from West Coast, your man. He gave him a bit of a rev up, told Oscar to get out of his way. Yeah. He kicked four. <laughs> Um, you know, Adelaide is st- still very much bottom four side. I know we're tipping on mm. this week, but they're against Gold Coast. Uh, Tex may, may, may look to put another five on the board this week, but he's uh, long-term. He, he can't win the Coleman. Outstanding stuff. And uh, let's have a look at the AFL women's. It's starting to get to the pointy season. Mark's been tipping these out for a uh, promotional sort of package all season. So now we've got only two matches left. We've got Melbourne versus Freeman. All the odds are up on the screen now. $1.77 the D's women and Fremantle are two ten the line two and a half. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I think um, uh, we'll probably be releasing one in the sting, I think uh, maybe Thursday or Friday, okay. so I won't give one oh, away. Right. Um, but obviously both competitive games. It's been a very even year mm. uh, and we saw how much the ladder changed in the last round. Um, uh, Adelaide got not lucky, but they got a close win, which then sent them to, to first on the ladder. Now they have the week off, so they're very um, in a good spot. But I think they're both competitive games, but um, I do like one this week. So we'll send it out on the sting in uh, in the next day or two. Mm, and then Collingwood are dollar sixty seven, Kangas two twenty five, and four and a half the line there. Okay, Mark's uh, not playing ball here. He's keeping his cards very close to his chest if you're betting this week on the ponies make sure you get around our sponsor punningform.com.au they're the best place to do the form you can put notes against horses you can black book they have the best online form database it sits in the cloud so you can never lose your notes it's trusted by professionals and you should try them to punningform.com.au we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with the hall of fame 
Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG, the kid. He's feeling tip-top and Darcy Spinks. We've seen a little bit of her early on the show and she is in COVID lockdown. And someone who's managed to drag himself out of Fritzel's dungeon, his basement, is top rope Tadeshi. How are you, big fella? <laughs> uh, it was a tough, tough weekend down there in the basement. I'll tell you that right now. Not good for the puns, but you know, another week, another round, we're up and about. We're ready to go again. By the look of that shirt hanging on your uh, your door there, I think you're in Peter Valandis' dungeon or his basement. I love Peter <laughs> Valandis. You make me sick, Tob, bro. Uh, you love it, Scooty. And I know uh, you, you mentioned off here last week um, uh, an old ABC documentary, I believe, The, the Gamblers. And I went and watched it. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, PVL has not changed other than the haircut in 25 years. He was as bitter and vindictive as he was in, uh, to the Leichhardt Council in 1996 as he is towards the AFL in 2021. How good PVL. Hmm, I don't think he's thrown punters a bone yet. He's unbelievable PVL. And it's a good segue into our Hall of Fame segment. Peter Valandis is not in there. This Hall of Fame segment we talk about is someone who does something great for the punters on a week-to-week basis. There's been some cracking uh, candidates in there. The the big quaddy man, Macca, is in there. Cam Munster was in there for his uh, contract signing at Kittens. Mark Wahlberg for those absolutely shabby Ladbrokes ads. And I, I noticed Shaq now is starting to do them for points better. It makes me sick. And then Steve Fletcher. He got us out last weekend at the Honkers. And I tell you what, he's done it again. He's uh, Fletcher's done it two weeks in a row. If you're having a good or a bad weekend on the punt, you need to tune into Fletcher's tips on Asia. They are absolutely red hot. Goodview Clarico was $8, and it just led the whole way. I think it was in about race nine Hong Kong on Sunday. So I'd nearly say that uh, that Fletch gets another nomination to go back-to-back Hall of Fame in something that we've never seen in Hall of Fame history. But I tell you who wouldn't be getting a, a Hall of Fame nomination would be the umpires down at the Cattery. It was an absolute... Rob, it was the probably the biggest heist and the biggest rort I've ever seen. Top rope, it happens every week in the NRL, doesn't it, with your umpires? It happens every week with the referee. Just before we get to the referee, just onto the great Fletch, he also tipped up one of my horses. I got a little share in a horse called Glamour Runs Deep last week. Tipped it up on Wednesday. Only went out and led all the way in one by six and a half lengths. So Fletch is well and truly in the in the top rope good books. Well done there, Fletch. Uh no, the, the, the NRL, you talk about the AFL singers. Henry Perinara, very close to the Hall of Fame this week, but absolutely stitching the Raiders, something shocking. Forward pass by about six metres. He stopped the call and just kept running. Mm. He was uh, obviously head, but those of us on the Warriors got a little break there. So uh, nothing for Henry this week. We've got a great nomination this week. He, he, he may not be the, the, the best punter. He could be, but he's got the best nickname. We are, we are inducting Mattress Mac into the Hall of Fame this week. Are you guys aware of Mattress Mac? No idea. Never heard of him. <laughs> Mattress Mac is a is a furniture salesman in Houston. Now, he runs these promos every year <laughs> when the local teams to do well. Uh, and then offsets it by betting on those teams. So a few years ago, he had $5 million on the Houston Astros to win the 2019 World Series. Uh after he promised three thousand dollar rebates to anyone who bought a bed for him, uh, if the if the Astros went on to win the, the World Series, because they have five million on, and this year he's got a million dollars on the Houston Cougars to win the NCAA tournament at <laughs> eight to one, one, a nine million to win a million, and uh, they just made it through to the final four yesterday. So wow. uh, mattress Mac is flying. He had three and a half million on, on Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. I think I think I think he stopped with the promotions there. He just like he just loves the puck. Mattress Mac just kept on winning and betting big, big numbers. So, uh, you know what? Anyone who wants to tie gambling with uh, mattress rebates, I'm all for. So, well done, Mattress Mac. Outstanding, Mattress Matt. He just insures himself uh, against his promotions. I don't know what the tax implications of that are, but I tell you what, it's it's very uh, this insuring thing. I've heard some great stories about Leviathan bookmaker Frank Hudson back in the day, uh, well known in the Victorian Sydney betting rings. Frank Hudson, he's got the classic uh, haircut as well, but. Frank used to just take uh, the insurance money off everyone. So if you wanted to get your car insured, 
he just said, no, no, don't worry about, you know, taking to the big companies. Let me know what they quote you. I'll give you 20% off and just pay me every month. So he used to just take the odds to everyone crashing their cars and their cars breaking down. So if you had a problem with your car, Big Frank, Uncle Frank would, would, would sort you out. I think it's a, it's a great way to do business. I think Mattress Matt is our sort of guy. Well, Flam- Flamington Racecourse do it uh, every year, or they definitely have done it in past years with the draw in the AFL because they've got the major meeting the week after. Mm. So they always used to I hammer think they, the draw. I think they used to do it with the tab. Yeah, it used to be fifties into like thirty four dollars, yeah. and yeah, most used, of it was Flemington and all these to, big event companies. Yep. Yeah, they used to insure against their ta- uh, turnover the week after. So they're, they're, I think they were doing that for decades. Mm. Well, I think oh, it would be surprising if people don't start doing it in COVID COVID times and just try and play the insurance companies off against. The odds and uh, put put it in the sky rocket. There'd be uh, that could be a really good angle and a, a really good rot. Now, let's look at Thursday night football. It's uh, it's probably not the blockbuster week that last week was, but it may make things easier from a punning perspective. We'll get the odds up now for Manly versus Penrith Panthers. We've got Penny Panthers one oh nine, Eagles seven fifty. The line eighteen and a half. Top rope and. Penny Panthers, they've got some injury problems, but, uh, wow, that is a big line. Big line, we are taking the minus, and we are taking the big minuses all week. Uh, this is probably, well, maybe the pick of them, uh, up there with the Storm game. Uh, it's only a small sample size this year, but we have had seven uh, games between top six teams from last year, bottom six teams from last year. Uh, the minus has covered six times. The only failure to cover was Parramatta in the first game of the year. Uh, failed to cover by half a point, went down 16 nil at half time, covered the late one. So uh, the, go- the golf is just too big. The, these new rules that PBL's brought in, they're sensational when good teams play good teams. They're very good when bad teams play bad teams. When good teams play bad teams, it is ugly. So uh, I like the more. I like the Penrith can score at will. Penrith can see the 10 points a year, mainly a diabolical attack. Uh, how far Penrith win by is, is, will be dictated by how much Penrith will win by, but you can see them winning 20 nil. I think those who don't mind a bit of the old Ric Flair there can, uh, can, can back, can back uh, Manly to score zero points. I, I can't see uh, I can't see Manly dropping the scores here. Well, I like that angle. Now, top rope, the speed of the game that you touched upon and the new rules, all of a sudden there's a spate of injuries or it looks that way. There's blokes doing knees. Uh, it's just carnage out there. The game's getting too fast. What's happening? No, the game's actually not faster at all, despite what they uh, are saying. There's more fatigue in the game. Players, uh, the, the ball is in play a bit more, but the, uh, the GPS tracking suggests that the game isn't markedly faster. Players are getting more tired. It was a bad weekend for injuries, no doubt, last week. But oh, I don't think there's a lot to do with the new rules there. I think it's just players adjusting to it you know, early in the season. We often see a lot of injuries early in the year. Real bad week for it. You know, knee injuries have happened forever and a day. I, I, you know, I would suggest the HIA rule is more... The doctors being a bit more proactive yes. in not letting players back on the field than any more mm-hmm. head knocks. I, I, I'm not sure the new rules have a huge impact on that. So, uh, yeah, I know Buzz Rothfield at the Telegraph is trying to stir up all this uh, garbage around it, but yeah, anyone with any common sense is, is kind of happy to take a more measured approach on that, that front. Mm, we managed to catch uh, NRL 360, and I tell you what, isn't that a ranked show, Top Rope? <laughs> I am an addict. 360, and I do feel <laughs> sorry for Benny Eichen, who has to surround himself with a bunch of absolute clowns most of the time. Hooper, Crawley, Rothfield, absolute gibberers. Mm, I was saying the same thing, and, and Mark thought I was being a little bit too harsh, but uh, thankfully you're on my side. Now, the Friday night matches, there's two crackers. The Melbourne Storm, Brisbane Broncos, we'll leave that one. We talk about the Storm every uh, second word, it feels like, on this show. But Canterbury Bulldogs, your side against the Rabbits. Odds on the screen now, 107, the Bunnies, 860, the Canterbury Bulldogs at topsport.com.au. The line, 21.5, and the total points, 42.5. I tell you what, top rope, South's keeping uh, the Roosters to a very, very low scoreline this week. They look like the real deal. You're all over them to win the Premiership early. They've hemorrhaged in price. I think they're now around $5.00. They look the real deal, don't they, the, the, the South? South are the real deal. They play a game that is going to cause Canterbury all kinds of grief. But if you'll allow me for just one second <laughs> to go on a rant, the Bulldogs are an awful side. They are terribly coached, despite all of this. Trent Barrett will save the Bulldogs. 2021 is the year that things will come good. We are worse than ever. We <laughs> failed to score a single point against the Brisbane Broncos. 
playing a style of game that a six-year-old could have developed. It was clownish the way they played. Yep, we have a talent deficit against both teams. We don't have one against the Broncos. And we got absolutely smoked. It was embarrassing, humiliating. It's three games in. Trent Barrett should go. I've had enough already. I've already coached. Anyway, absolute, absolute. He shouldn't have been on in the first place. He was bad at Manly, and he's just being terrible now. And all he's doing is policing the cat, policing the club out of plenty of cash and plenty of time. Get someone in there who knows what he's doing. So, I love anyway, this. The long and the short of that, South Minus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. For uh, for anyone just tuning in for this season, I think Nick Tedeschi every week called for a new coach's head in the back half of the season. It's taken, what, three games of NRL? <laughs> the a back half sick, and the front cu- half. A <laughs> couple of sick beats on the punt, some early pain last week, and all of a sudden he's calling for a coach's head. And I tell you what, he won't be the first, won't be the last, and just he'll have someone in the gun every week. But South Minus, it sounds like a very safe way to play. They are a, uh, a very good attacking side, and defensively, they are looking the absolute business. Now, the next big match that we're going to talk about is... It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a cracker, really. Canberra Raiders, yeah, they were a bit stiff. The forward pass was a hot topic, but they've got the Gold Coast Titans on Saturday night. We've got the odds on the screen now. Canberra Raiders, $1.66. Gold Coast Titans, two twenty-five, And lines are soft, three and a half there. Top rope up at the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It may not be up at the Gold Coast. Uh, there's a the uh, decision will be made uh, uh, midday on Wednesday, so depending on when, you, on when the punters listen to this, around where that game will be played. It looks likely it will now be played in Sydney. So uh, no one's quite clear on where that's going to go. So uh, I couldn't find a real angle in that game from the get-go. and certainly don't have an angle without knowing where the venue's at. Uh, Gold Coast were really good. Uh, the number opened about six and a half. Uh, mid last week, but the the Titans have only smoked two very, very bad sides. Although Canberra are pretty good against the Warriors, overcoming a lot of injuries there, uh, to almost pinch that game. I'd lean towards the Raiders at three and a half, but yeah, nothing too excitable in that one. I think it'll be a really good game. Mm, both teams are two and one. Uh, Canberra about $9 to win the Premiership, and I think it's about nine at $19 or $20. I think I've drifted a little bit for the Titans. Canberra, still a contender, but Gold Coast Titans, top rope? Yeah, uh, Canberra, definitely a contender. Uh, they're just warming into it. Like they've, they've still got plenty of outs. Uh, I'm, I'm not concerned at all about Canberra. They're, they're just doing what they're doing. Uh, playing the new rules are incredibly different when you have no ear chain fans. It's just, it's just a lack of fresh legs is the, the, the big issue rather than, than the injuries. So that, that, that really kind of took its toll on both Canberra and Cronulla last week. Uh, Titans... Oh, the jury's out. They were bad against the Warriors in week one, and then they've come out and smoked the Broncos and Cowboys. They are uh, two of probably the three or four worst teams in the top. So um, um, it's a wait and see. There's, there's still like a, a, a dominant half and a, a good hooker. I, I, I think the price is about right for the Titans. I wouldn't be jumping into that. Mm. It's, uh, it's definitely a tricky betting match, that's for sure. And then Sunday afternoon, we've got the Roosters versus New Zealand Warriors. Odds are on the screen now. $1.47, the Roosters, two seventy. the Warriors. The line there, it's six, but it's into $1.85, the minus. And then the total is 42 flat. No Kiri. They couldn't score against the South. All of a sudden, trouble at the Roosters. Yeah, I could come into the plus here. Nothing. I wouldn't be steaming, but the, the the Warriors have a great recent record as an underdog. They've got a great recent record in, in daytime footy, and, and yeah, they played pretty well against the Roosters. They've won three of the last six against the Chooks in New South Wales. So uh, it's just it's just going to be seeing how the Roosters adapt to life without Luke Keary. Luke Keary really is an incredibly important player in that team. You have to look at where all the tries are being scored. They're being scored down that right hand side where Keary has been dominating. He switched sides this year. They're going to be playing an 18-year-old at halfback, Sam Walker. They've named journeyman Drew Hutchison at 5'8". Don't think he'll play there. I think Senator Joe Manu will play there. I think their attacks will be pretty stifled. If the, if the, if the, if the, uh, the Roosters do in this, it'll be on the back of some pretty stout defence. Well, I think the plus six and a half are a decent enough bet to, to get involved in there for the punters. And what about their season? Are their premiership hopes dashed already or is it still too early to write them off? No, there's been a little bit of a rumour going around today that, um, that Cameron Smith might sign find himself at the Roosters uh, at some stage this year. So who, who knows how true that is. But the Roosters always find a way. If they will test out these kids for, for a bit. If they're no good, 
They will go out and bring back a James Maloney, sign a Gareth Witter, possibly even a Cameron Smith. They don't have a salary cap, they've got a salary, salary sombrero. Uh, they will find a way. So, uh, oh. the, the, the Roosters will be fine. So, their, their premiership hopes well and truly alive. Mm. Can't, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can't forget what happened with uh, Sonny Bill Williams. They always find a way. They uh, they can push the boundaries like no other club. If you like what you hear with Top Rope, you can get the next three rounds with him for $44. Sorry, that includes GST. Or you can get the season pack for 388 It's uh, it's great reading. Top Rope does it wall-to-wall, and there's no hiding here. He's had a bad weekend last weekend, but he'll bounce back. He loves playing the totals, and he's all over the lines too. Now, Top Rope, I tell you what. I think if you tip one more lock of the week that goes down, you're going to have to do a nudie run next time I see you, or you can at least shout me a lap dance at Kittens. But I tell you what, it's gruesome. Lock of the week this week, it is a last man standing comp between Top Rope, Tadeshi, and the Kid MG. Mark has got two winners in a row, showing a very, very, very impressive little record there. He hasn't been too adventurous, though. Top Rope has gone for the jugular a couple of times, and he just can't land a blow on Top Rope. If you can't strike a, bro- a blow here in Lock of the Week, I'm going to push you aside and I'm going to uh, I'm going to take over your little segment there and I'll give the uh, the Lock of the Week. But uh, MG, winners first. Who have you got this week uh, in your Lock of the Week? I think your bank. It's, so it's $200 bet each week that it just compounds for charityraise.org.au. And so your 200 is now sitting at a fluffy uh, $505. Who's your Round 3 Lock of the Week? Uh, just going to keep the pressure on this week, play a straight bat with, uh, we're going to go back to the well, round one. I'm going to go uh, Richmond, just the head-to-head, uh, $1.29 to uh, try and get to six fifty one for next week. Yeah, well, we're going to have to well, have a look at the rule book there. You can't, you've used the Tigers, who are the premier, ex-premiers, and then all of a sudden you've pulled them out again. We might have to tinker with the rules to keep you on your toes there, but you, uh, you hit the total in the Port Adelaide-Essen game last week, so that absolutely pursed in. But uh, top rope, for a little bit of self-respect and redemption, <laughs> who who's going to be lock of the week? It was a shocking, it was a shocking watch. It was West Tigers Newcastle Knights. West kicked away early. Newcastle got them back into the match, and then a little sick beat late. Top rope. Who have you got this week? Lock of the week round four. How big a lock do you want? <laughs> Just anything. Storm. <laughs> Storm one oh one. How about we go the lock of the week? We'll do a little double. Melbourne and Penrith into each other. Melbourne Penrith double. About a twenty, I imagine, something like that. Mm, after a couple of uh, gutsy bets, that's probably the, one of the weakest things I've ever seen happen. So two hundred dollars uh, at a dollar eighteen on Penrith to beat Manly and Melbourne Storm to beat the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, I tell you what, he could get anything. Well, what, at are the we, what are we going to be delirious? What do we have south to that mix as well? There you go. I tell you what, all he, up treble. He deserves to get taken off this segment. Two hundred dollars at a dollar twenty-seven. He's got Penrith into South Sydney and the, and the Melbourne Storm. So that's for raise.org.au. They're a mentoring program for kids going through their adolescence or teenage years, and they find mentors to help guide people uh, on the right track in life. It is a fantastic thing. It's at Raise Mentoring on Twitter. Make sure you check them out, and if you can, donate. They do a fantastic job there. Top rope, any final thoughts? I just feel sorry for this poor race. Oh, yeah, I'm letting <laughs> them down. Luckily, luckily, I'm not a mentor to them. You're going to get actually qualified mentors to help them out. It's only early in the season and Nico's already taken you off, yeah. off the park. I think that's a bit <laughs> It's a early bit in harsh. the season. I'm having three-leg three dollar 27 multis to try and get out. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and he's getting in for he, he's getting into me. I'm I'm having one pick at one twenty nine. Top row's having three to get to one twenty seven. Well, the goal is to get to five thousand dollars, so right. we can donate to this charity. It is looking unlikely. It's very embarrassing, but uh, thanks. It's a, it's a long season, Nico. There's no rush. Yeah, well, it's getting it's very tiresome if you can't uh, tip one out of three for top rope. Oh, you'll get the treble this week, and uh, you'll be into it next week. I just like action. Get me in. If I was having the lock of the week, I'd be on the Brisbane Lions. They are immoral against. Uh, Collingwood and get up, get up the south, south at uh, the minus. That looks like a good bet. Top rope, Tedeschi. Thanks for uh, thanks for all your time today. Uh, mattress, uh, what was he? Mattress Matt, Mattress Mike, Mattress, mattress Mac. Mac, 
Matt. Mattress Matt, the uh, the punter that ensures himself against these big wins to uh, pull a rort through his business. Find an angle. If you've got an angle or a rort, we heard of Juppies uh, a little while ago with the National Anthem. He rang in as an NBC producer to get the uh, the length of the anthem. If you found a little edge or a rort out wide that we can uh, exploit, make sure you drop us a line. Good luck on the, the punt this weekend, Top Rope, and uh, make sure you take that shirt down instantly. <laughs> It'll be down straight under the bed. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's uh, that's uh, all we got time for, MG. I think uh, you need one more week in the paddock. I think the golden slippers nearly killed you just when you were starting to get right. You've um, you smashed the body, so I think you need the Bonox and uh, you need the Vicks. You need to get in a hot bath and uh, watch all the footy this weekend. A couple of hot cross buns for the week. <laughs> hey? Yeah, no, looking forward. Should be a good, uh, few good games. Looking forward to it, so um, hopefully we'll be back on deck next week uh, 100%, and we might even have our... Uh, Third Stooge back in the studio as well. Good. Mm, Darcy Spinks, well, the 12 or 14 day isolation, mate. We might even lose her again next week. Who Jeez. would know? We might even Skype her or Zoom her or get her somehow uh, into the viewers at home. But uh, I think that's the end of the show. Hopefully, we won't get sued. Hopefully, we're here next week. We've come out with a couple of uh, big calls, but make sure you like us, you rate us, you jump on our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe there, you get the videos sent to your email every week. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud. Make sure you like and comment to uh, keep us kicking along there. And uh, good luck on the punt this weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you, MG. See you, guys.